0: Social justice means applying the law equally to all people. But in practice, that doesn't always happen. I'm John Gonzalez. I'm here at my law partner, Jack DeRora. We practice law. We seek social justice. On this show, we reveal the conflict between the two.
1: You know, for a while, it was just us in the office over a cup of coffee talking about the news of the day. With social justice issues dominating our culture, our focus became, how do we as lawyers make a difference?
0: And now it's not just us. Today, we have the Honorable Maureen O'Connor, retired Chief Justice of the Ohio Supreme Court. She's here with us to discuss ending gerrymandering in Ohio. What a lofty goal.
1: <laughs> lofty and darn important. <laughs>
0: Welcome chief.
2: Thank you. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Um uh, I, I really applaud you both of you uh in your mission to uh, address social justice uh and justice in the um uh our judicial system. Uh it's uh it's necessary and um Uh, I hope that those that listen to you, uh, you know, learn something uh, because, uh, you know, I'm on my soapbox right here. But we don't teach enough about how government works, the interaction between the citizen and their government and the power of Citizens United. Amen. Yeah,
0: well said. Jack, do you recall our podcast with Mike Curtin when we were discussing um, the first state issue one?
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: that's uh, the one dealing with increasing voter approval of the constitutional amendment to sixty percent. And I remember us, you know, talking to him about um, this is a conservative strategy to uh, make it more difficult for the anti for the abortion amendment, right, uh, to pass and. Mike made a very interesting comment that I had not thought of up to that point, and he says what's really got the Speaker of the House and the president of the Senate shaking in their boots is that the gerrymandering constitutional amendment's coming. Right. And if they can get to that 60 percent threshold there, they feel a lot better about their chances of staying in power and that that's really the impetus behind that uh, issue one.
1: Yeah, had it not been for his comment, that never would have occurred to me.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it makes so much sense now. And um, everything I read about, you know, gerrymandering and, and drawing these districts, um, obviously it's, you know, the the, the state legislature is, is the beneficiary uh, of all of that. Um, uh, the chief here ran statewide uh, you know, so she didn't have to worry about gerrymandering districts, you either win or you lose on a statewide basis. Isn't that correct, Chief?
2: Uh, that That is true. I've uh, won uh, uh, three races, no, four races uh, statewide, um, uh, lieutenant governor uh, along with Bob Taft uh, and then the Supreme Court, then re-election of the Supreme Court. Uh that Well, then um, for Chief Justice, and then my last race, I was unopposed um, to retain my seat as Chief Justice, which I'm very proud of. Uh, I think that's the first time that a Chief Justice was unopposed uh, in uh, since we've been electing chiefs since 1912. So um, uh, that was gratifying.
0: My wife uh, was a state representative, a uh, Republican, and... Um, you know the districts in uh, Franklin County, because the demographics have changed so much, uh, skewed Democrat for her, but not very much. And she was um, she was always successful, um, you know, as as far as her uh, elections. So, you know, we uh, I guess from my family we understand the whole process. But um, Chief, when you were um, on the Supreme Court, and if we think back to the genesis of uh, of these um, gerrymandering districts uh, was it did it start with the uh, census that the uh, government took that uh, required a change in the voting districts uh,
2: yes every 10 years you know we have the census and one of the purposes of the census is to um, uh, allow the legislature to then realign districts according to shifts in population. Uh, and um, and one of the reasons for that is that uh, the federal government requires that all districts uh, have roughly the same number of people. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you've got a city that, you know, uh, there's a mass exodus of uh, citizens for some reason, uh, that needs to be realigned. Uh, In the districts. So that happens um, both for the General Assembly here in Ohio and also for our congressional districts. That's what these maps address. Uh, And uh, it's done uh, theoretically once every 10 years. Uh, It did not work out uh, that way in this uh, decennial.
0: Well, in thinking back, um, I think we had a guest uh, last year uh, from the League of Women Voters that was telling us that, you know, really both parties took advantage of that when they were in um, power to uh, realign these districts to support, you know, their their party uh, politics. But it, it really then came to a head when a constitutional amendment was passed that uh, we the people tried to uh, straighten out that process and made made it less political. Is that correct? Uh, that was a
2: theory. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, legal women voters. You probably had uh, Jen Miller on. Uh, exactly. Does a great job. Great job. Um, a- anyway, um, and it, it, absolutely correct both Republicans and Democrats play the game when they have the uh, ability to do so. The Republicans have had that ability uh, for uh, quite some time, years and years. And their goal was not just to retain uh the majority but to build a supermajority. That was the goal because they knew that they would get a majority um, so building the super majority and attaining that is uh, problematic. Um, and uh, that goal uh, was present even after the passage of the two amendments, one in 2015 and the other in 2018, dealing with the Ohio legislature and uh, our congressional delegation. And the theory there was uh, we're going to you know, have fair and equal districts and, you know, all the lofty language. Um, But as I said so often, it was doomed to fail from the beginning. Uh, And the reason for that is the um, makeup of the redistricting commission. You know, the new what what I'm involved with is called Citizens, Not Politicians. All right. And and that's is pretty uh self-evident in, in that title. Uh and what we have now is politicians making these decisions. And they're making their decisions for their own personal and political gain. Uh and you know that that's a problem. Uh, that's not uh that's not what we're supposed to have in, in a democracy. So you've got elected officials, you've got the governor, and these are by constitution. Uh, I might add, the con- constitutional uh, amendments that were passed. Uh, you've had the governor, the secretary of state, and uh, the auditor. Uh, and then you have um, the the uh, legislative representatives, which are the majority, the s- Senate president, the Speaker of the House, the m- uh, minority leader in the both the uh, House and the Senate. That makes up seven. Okay. Uh, Okay. Right now, uh, you know, five out of those seven are Republicans.
1: You know what bothered me, Chief, uh, when we were going through this process of a year or two ago and those maps were being drawn, I remember Governor DeWine and I think also Secretary of State LaRoe saying, you know, we have, uh, these maps need to be changed. They're not right. But then they always <laughs> voted to approve them. <laughs> I was yeah. just, I was stunned.
2: Well, there is a, email that surfaced early on where secretary of state uh, called one version of the maps asinine. He was talking to his, uh, or or I shouldn't say texting or emailing, uh, with, uh, you know, someone on staff. Mm -hmm. Um, but then later on, you have, uh, the governor interviewed and, you know, he's, he said, um, there's a way, you know, something to the effect of we should, uh, Make it more constitutional. The maps could be more constitutional. That's what, uh, and it's you know either it's constitutional or it's not. It it, there's not I think a distinction there. Um, It's just a little bit constitutional or it's a lot constitutional. I don't think that's the measurement. Um, But I know what he meant. And subsequent to um, this, the round in two thousand twenty two, and then you know, a a new map was just passed. Uh, it was taken to the court, the court approved it. Uh, and that's, what's going to be used in, in 24. Um, and so there, there was no ruling on the Well, I, they did rule that it's, uh, um, you know, it meets the, it meets the measures. So uh, that's what they're going to use. Um, but, uh, the governor has you know repeatedly said he doesn't believe the governor should be part of this and uh, I think that belief and that approach should extend to all elected officials uh, because you're not uh, you know you're not neutral okay Now of course there's no requirement in the uh, in the amendments to say oh you've got to be neutral uh, but democracy, And common sense uh, dictates that you should. Now, in this new amendment that will be on the ballot in November of 2024, and it is probably the most important thing that's going to be on the ballot. I know there's going to be a presidential race, but (laughs) this election regarding the constitutional amendment will affect Ohioans more so than the presidential election. There's nothing more important than this constitutional amendment. And getting back to the makeup of the Redistricting Commission, the revised, the new Redistricting Commission uh, in the uh, the new amendment, which will replace the two amendments that were passed, one in 18 and one in 19, or, uh, um, 15. But there's a whole list of people who are ineligible to be on this Redistricting Commission. It sure. is made up. By, of fifteen members, five who are registered Democrats, five who are registered Republicans, and five who belong to neither party. They're called independents, but you know they could belong to the Green Party or or you know uh, another minority party. But they are not majority party members, and so. The people, and this is straight from the constitutional uh, proposal, the following person shall be ineligible to serve on the commission, on the bipartisan screening panel, or a special master, or as staff, a professional, or a consultant to the commission, current elected or appointed officials to the federal, state, or local office, and their immediate family members, persons who served in any federal, state, or local elective or appointed office in Ohio during the preceding six years, and their immediate family members, persons who have been a candidate for any federal, state, or local elective office in Ohio during the preceding six years, and their immediate family, and persons who have served as an officer, paid consultant, or contractor to any political party, political action committee, or campaign committee at the federal, state, or local level during the preceding six years, and their immediate family. Persons who have served as staff members, paid consultant, or contractor for any elected official, candidate, um, etc., and persons who have been registered lobbyists or legislative agents in Ohio during the preceding six years and their immediate families, um, and then commissioners—and uh, uh, that's you know what we're calling them—they're uh, sixteen, or excuse me, a fifteen-member commission shall be ineligible to hold elective or appointed state office in Ohio for six years following the certification of the redistricting. So that's a long list of people who can't be involved here. And the flavor of that, as you can uh, uh, easily see, is no politicians, nobody that has a vested interest in the superiority of one party over another uh, can serve on this uh, this commission. That's novel, that is mm-hmm. uh, refreshing, uh, that is, uh, um, that is uh, uh, you know, I, I can hardly wait to see that it, it work and, and, you know, in action. And Ohio's not reinventing the wheel here. Uh, Michigan uh, has a, a Citizens uh, Commission. So too do numerous other states that have passed redistricting reform. So Ohio's not the first, but I'm hoping that Ohio becomes uh, the model uh, as one of the best uh, redistricting um, uh, reform initiatives.
1: Well, you've certainly and your colleagues have done a masterful job of trying to eliminate as best you can the political influence. But uh, um, I think there's another aspect to the amendment that we need to talk about. And to understand that, we need to go back to when these three maps were brought before the court when you were presiding and the fact that they were disre- the, the, the legislature was disregarding the, the opinions or the decisions from your court. And it seemed to me that what they were trying to hide behind was this very vague language in the amendment that existed at the time that said, no general assembly district, plan shall be drawn primarily to favor or disfavor a political party. They just use that, as I saw it, as a big excuse to do what they want, saying, you know, that's really not specific enough to provide the guidance. And if I'm correct about that, well, first of all, am I correct about that, Chief?
2: Well, that was one of their arguments. And, and uh, you know, um, I will agree that uh, the amendment in 2015 and 18, and, uh, uh, and I'm just going to refer to them as the the current uh, constitution, um, is vague, nebulous, uh, w- filled with what we call weasel words. In other words, you can, uh, you know, you learned about those in law school. Um, th- th- they're words that that give loopholes, give. um depending on how they're interpreted, and then uh, the legislature, of course, uh, said, and and there was language in there, uh, shall attempt. Okay, Uh, that Mm. was one of the other phrases uh, that was uh, uh, seized upon to say, hey, we tried, you know, we tried. It it, it just didn't work out the way the court wanted it or not wanted it, but interpreted the, the need. So, and you said three maps. It wasn't three maps. It was seven. It was five for uh, the state legislature and two for uh, congressional. Seven uh, maps
0: all, held unconstitutional. <laughs>
2: yeah, seven. they were all unconstitutional. Um, well, uh, I I'm but, not,
1: excuse me for interrupting, but I noticed sure. that there's a much more detailed process for getting those maps through the system with your proposed amendment.
2: Uh, yes, it, it's uh, very precise. okay. I, it's precise and it is intentionally uh, prescriptive so that there are you know steps to be followed. The language is precise. I like to say it's crisp and it it, it, it tells you what to do. There's no room uh, to uh, uh, maneuver uh, and, and create gerrymandered maps. And that's again intentional. Now the opposition uh, says this is too complicated. That's their that's their uh, you know their uh, that's the buzz is that this is just too complicated. Look how long it is. Yeah, we're a bunch Look of how, dummies. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, and that's like it, uh, well, I think it's insulting uh, right. to the people of Ohio. This is too complicated. Uh, okay, and I will say that most voters in Ohio do not go to the Ohio Constitution and read it, and then walk away and say, "Wow, uh, I don't even know. That's just too complicated." There's no need for them to, you know, to go to the Ohio Constitution. I would welcome if if everybody went to the Ohio Constitution, familiarized yourself themselves with it, but they're not going to do that, and and so to tell voters. The Constitution is too complicated, uh, and you know is insulting, and it is an attempt to distort. That is, in my my thought, disinformation.
0: Mm. How are these commissioners under the new proposed amendment uh, going to be chosen?
2: They are going to volunteer. They're going to fill out an application. I anticipate that we're going to have many, many applications and have to. We don't, you know, dumb down to um, the requisite number of fifteen. Um, uh, when I say we, uh, I'm when this passes, I'm going on record. I'm done with the effort. Okay, other than to thank everybody that I possibly can, uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not part of the process. I'm not going to be reviewing uh, the applications. I'm not going to this. That's not my goal here, uh, which is another you know, criticism is this is Maureen O'Connor. Um, and I don't know, they want to link me with Eric Holder, which I will go on the record of saying, I've never met Eric Holder. I've never spoken to Eric Holder. (laughs) I probably would know him if he walked into Mm -hmm. the room. Um, he wouldn't know me. Uh, there's just been absolutely no contact between me and Eric Holder, but they like to say that there is. And, and that's nuts nonsense. Um, but, but you know, here's the, here's the thing. Um, we're going to have volunteers are going to there's going to be an application process mm-hmm. uh that application process will be you know a, a, let's fill in the blanks but there's also going to be questions that will require thought and uh uh responses uh in in writing you know it, it's not uh um a multiple uh, choice uh th- that we want to uh, make sure that people can write clearly and and uh reason Etc and that that's one of the things at the application process but there that's you know just the first threshold mm-hmm. um then you know there'll be people who are deemed eligible um you know given all the circumstances and that will be a large pool and that will have to be uh weeded, weeded down to um and and there'll be uh additional, you know, questioning, um, there'll be, uh, interviews. There's four retired judges in the plan Four oh, okay. retired judges who are, uh, overseeing, uh, the process of, uh, of, uh, finding these 15 people. Uh, there'll be a vendor that will be contracted with in, uh, to do background uh, checks and, you know, deep dives to make sure that we're not getting a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, and that they're, yeah. and, and, And all of this, the beauty of everything we're doing is that it is transparent. You're going to be able to to log on and watch what the commission is doing. And when it gets time to draw the maps, you're gonna see in real time, the map drawers working and uh, what they're taking into consideration, how they're discussing, uh, et cetera. Uh, that will be available uh for the public um you know in this past experience in 2022 um it was remarkable the number of maps that were just whipped out fully formed and uh you know presented uh, by uh the senate president uh you know especially in the last uh, map um saying here last proposal i proposed map i should say um you know, we're w- running out of time. Uh, we don't have a map from the map drawers, but I just happen to have this, uh, you know, this fully formed map right here. Um, commission members, let's take a vote on it. It was and no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they I keep it in my Democratic.
0: pocket for, for times of emergency.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and the Democratic uh, uh, folks on the, on the um, you, you know, those that were representing uh, the Democratic Party. um Two of them said, we haven't even read it. We don't have time to study it. Eh, well, that's okay. Let's vote.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: To the extent you feel
1: comfortable talking about it, Chief, when you had this map come back to you the second time and then the third time, however many times it was, yeah, what, what were you thinking? How frustrating was it on a personal level?
2: Um, you know... It was sad. I remember feeling uh, that that this was a this was a, a sad thing to have happen. In, now go back ten years, and we had maps at that point to approve, and um, because of a um, and and that was before the new constitutional, you know, the 15 and the 18 constitutional amendments. But we had maps to approve. Um, and I was in the minority along with a uh, former uh, Justice Yvette McGee Brown and a uh, uh, former uh, retired Justice uh, Paul Pifer. Um And the three of us were in the minority and we would not pass. Uh, we voted no on the constitutionality. So, you know, uh, this is not something new that I just got religion on. Uh, <laughs> you know, as far as maps drawing, I have a record of when they been presented, I have deemed them unconstitutional. Um, so, so, you know, the, the going forward and what was going on in 2022, you know, there were four members, uh, and everybody likes to make note of the fact that there were three Democrats and there was me. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been described as, as, um, rhino, um, you know, no longer a Republican. Uh, what was going on was uh, against the party. Uh, I got letters uh, from people, not many, but I got I got tons of letters saying, you know, thank you. Yeah, hmm. uh, you you know, you and and uh, the other justices did the right thing. But I got a handful of letters from people saying, um, you know, Ohio's a red state. Why are you trying to turn it blue? Um, You know, uh, just uh, condemning me for not voting along party lines. And that made me, you know, kind of sad that they don't understand the role of a judge, uh, which is, uh, you know, to be impartial and and leave your politics outside uh, the door. um, And they don't enter into your decisions. Uh, They shouldn't enter into your decisions. Um, So um uh, you know the whole Dynamic was uh a lesson in uh the the workings of the legislature um workings of the redistricting commission and by the way I think that the redistricting commission and uh the, the shortcomings and as I said doomed to failure from the beginning um I think that that was anticipated known uh, to the drafters of those two amendments uh, but it was not scrutinized uh well when it was passed in in those two years uh the voters passed it I think uh you know something like 70 percent well that's because everybody was on the bandwagon and nobody kind of for, forecasted hey this might be a problem. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's how we ended up. The, the people who created those two constitutional amendments uh, knew what they were doing. Let's put it that way. Um, and the public was sold on it. You know, both sides, RSDs, mm-hmm. academicians, um, uh, groups, you know, uh, uh, out there. Um, now, the ACLU is uh, uh, one of the groups that did not go along with it and criticized it and you know hats off to them um uh, so you know getting back to the atmosphere what really upset me you know i took everything else in stride you know i didn't care that the state party took my picture off the wall i didn't care that the franklin (laughs) party turned my picture to the wall i didn't care about that you know that doesn't bother Mm. me that kind of stuff um, but when the well, there was a, a case before the the federal judiciary. There were a three judge panel um, that uh, was charged with making the decision. And in April uh, of 2022, they said that uh there has to be a map by the end of May. Uh, and if there is not a constitutional map presented to the court and approved by the court in, by the end of May, that Ohio is gonna use the third map that has been presented. Now, mind you, the third map was unconstitutional, uh, and they knew it. They knew that that it was ruled unconstitutional, but they said, in essence, you gotta have a map. You gotta give the people something to vote on, and you're gonna use uh, map number three. So uh, they were under the directive, produce a constitutional map for the court to rule on or approve. Or you're going to use map number three. What do you think the incentive, what do you think the, um, the mindset was or uh, the ambition level uh, to produce a constitutional map by mm-hmm. the end of May?
1: Well, I, I, none. I remember what yeah. the court said and the court said something to the effect of and let's re- remind our listeners, this is a federal appellate court. Saying we're not going to tell you exactly what to do or how to do it, we're just going to assume you're going to do the right thing. And I remember saying to Gonzo, "Whoever wrote that opinion doesn't have children."
2: <laughs> right, right, right. You know, you you you, you line out, you, you you outline what the punishment's going to be, and the punishment is. A, a, not even an incentive to right. do the right thing right. It's, in fact it's almost a, it's a disincentive right um but when you say a federal appellate court yeah there was an appeals process but um uh there were district judges on that mm-hmm. panel there were three right. yeah and marbley dissented it, Mar- yeah right yeah and he wrote he wrote a wonderful dissent he, he, but, he did I, you know,
0: we we think the
2: world of him actually but um you know i i had so many lawyers and judges even federal judges say to me we don't understand what why that three judge panel did what they did and uh how that could have been orchestrated and it simply was and uh, you know that's the way that's the way the cookie crumbles i guess
0: <laughs> well you know i understand i guess to some extent uh, the citizen's confusion with well, you know, the House Supreme Court is dominated by Republicans. Therefore, the Republicans should support the other Republicans and conservatives. I mean, you know, every time a judge makes a decision in our country, the media has to point out if they're an R or a D. So, but, you know, when you start to have legislators talking impeachment because of your vote, to me, those people are going against the very foundation of what they're supposed to uphold, which is our system. How did that, did you take it serious at all that, uh, you know, someone was going to start to try to kick you off the court so that they could get their way?
2: Well, the, the, I, my understanding is that the articles had been drafted. They oh, just hadn't boy. been presented. Um, but I you know I took it for what it was political theater mm. you know it was it was uh I think newer members of the legislature encouraged by more seasoned members of the legislature who didn't want to put their name on it um uh to and and that's just uh, the way I you know it was again political theater I yeah. I was not um I knew that it was it was illegal it wasn't you know constitutional and and you're going to uh, bring action against me, and not the three other folks that voted. <laughs> you know, it took four to vote it. Um, it was. It was again. That doesn't that point to the fact that it was done as a stunt of political. Sure, theater?
0: as a conservative and a Republican, yes, Jack, I, I still am. Uh, no. It made me embarrassed for my party to, that they're they're going down that route. But um, back to the the new. Uh, proposed amendment, uh, the hopefully the new uh, constitutional uh, provision. When you talk about all the people that cannot serve, it seems to me you're excluding some of those people that may have expertise in this area. What can the commissioners do? Well, maybe I should stop and go back. Do you need experts in this area? Are there people that really understand the districts and the population and the calculations uh, or is it something a normal, ordinary person can get the, get a handle
2: on? Well, the commission first is going to hold public meetings around the state, uh, you know, in, in the four quadrants and in the central Ohio. OK, and uh, more than once and and receive testimony from people. Who are interested in keeping their community of interest together? Uh, you know, presenting evidence of why their village, for example, should not be divided, uh, why um, their school district uh, should not be uh, divided because of uh, again a community of interest, and uh, that's a criteria to take into account. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a list. Um, you know, besides equal population, uh, e- you know, equalizing the districts and, um, uh, you know, a-, a list of other things to take into consideration. Um Forgive me
1: for interrupting you, but to a large extent, it's really just a matter of looking at the population and how those people vote and just trying to carve out those districts fairly. I mean, the numbers are there by virtue of whatever uh, information is used. It's really just a matter of slicing the pie evenly, isn't it?
2: Well, no, it's not because people say that to me. They say, well, why don't you just figure out, uh, you know, the, the, and then just on a grid Mm -hmm. draw, you know, districts, uh, you know, uh, and make them rectangular or square and, and you just dice up Ohio that way. Well, no, that that's not the way it is because you may be severing uh, uh, a city, uh, a um, unnecessarily a, a, a county. Uh, you know, we have counties with six thousand people in them. Okay, you don't want to, you don't want to cut a county of six thousand people in four pieces. You, you know, I mean, so uh, it's a science. It, it truly is a science. The uh, I'll give you an example. In 2022, uh, there was a, a, a professor who was, uh, you know, steeped in this uh, um, how to draw maps and uh, the whole con, con- controversy. And he, I think he came up with 10,000 maps, five thousand or ten thousand maps. Okay, um, and they're algorithms that get fed into um, a computer program so that. It can be done according to the criteria and without regard to some political considerations, and that's important. For example, they're not taking into consideration uh, the current addresses of the legislators. They're not carving a, a legislative district out so that somebody can preserve their seat, um, even you know if it's not legit. Okay, in other words. The district is um, uh, not legitimate under its current form, but it will be under, you know, the new constitution. Um, Now, keep in mind that people say, well, you know, that seems a little harsh, you know, to do something. Keep in mind that the current map is gerrymandered. And the map before that was gerrymandered. So you're not going to start with an imperfect uh map and then decide that that's going to be the basis for your next map when you're saying to the public we won't take politics into consideration here it's a calculus purely done um, based on um based on the theory that po- that citizens elect their uh um representatives, they're politicians, not the other way around. And that's what gerrymandering is about. Let's configure districts that we're going to ensure that a certain party, a political party will be elected. And that's politicians selecting their voters.
0: Mm-hmm. Chief, you'll you might find this story a little interesting. I was with my wife at a uh, function I'm not going to name any names here, but a person approached her about the Senate district that, that they might want to take back from the D's in Franklin County and uh, how, you know, they're rewriting these maps and it's going to be a much favorable district for the for the R to run in because basically the district uh, at the time would have taken a lot of money to 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 win, a lot of money. And my wife just wasn't interested, but he was talking about the – changing the maps and it's going to favor this district. And I said, my wife called me over to listen. And I said, well, (laughs) those maps have been ruled unconstitutional. And uh, this person was trying to tell us that, well, the Supreme Court or the federal courts are going to find that the Ohio court doesn't have the authority to rule on maps, which that case did, in fact, go before the Supreme Court, an independent state legislature theory
2: Right. And it oh. is
0: was really the first time I had heard of that concept. And I thought to myself, you got to be kidding me. <laughs>
2: it just didn't well, I make think, sense.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah I, I, I think that that's what the United States Supreme Court, uh, you know, yeah. said as well. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, let's just see if it's going to work. I mean, that was just kind of a we'll raise it and uh, the legislative, the people that did it. And then all the meeky that signed on, um, you know, let's just see, you know, got nothing to lose by um, proposing this. Um, well, had it flown, the the citizens would have been, um, you know, the ones that that lose, lose. big time. But it, it didn't fly. The courts do have jurisdiction to review the state courts uh, in uh, um, in this country. Ohio uh, Supreme Court does have the authority to review the maps. Um, I think it is uh, important to point out other states when they when their Supreme Court reviews the map and they're handed unconstitutional maps, uh, you know, and this would have happened much sooner than, uh, you know, the seven maps or, the, you know, that came before us. Um, the Supreme Court would have said, you know what, uh, you're you're not giving us constitutional maps. We are going to draw the maps. And those maps, uh, they hire map drawers. You know, it's not the court that does it. Um, And then it's reviewed by the court, proved by the court. And that's the map you're going to do. And that happens in states, uh, you know, around the country, Uh, Indiana, I think, uh, uh, New York, you know, many states. The Supreme Court has that authority specifically written into um, the current Constitution is that the court shall not have that authority. So there was no quick way, easy way uh, and painless way that uh, it could have been uh, taken
0: Mm.
2: out of the political arena and done by the Supreme Court. And that's why this was such a prolonged uh, saga. Um, You know, but I I want to point out that, and I don't know that we've emphasized it enough, the poison in our political system is gerrymandering. Uh, The uh, desire and the success of creating a super majority um, is dangerous. And uh, it allows the legislature uh, to exert its will and not the people's will. And I will quote uh, Senate President Matt Huffman who said once they got this super majority we can pretty much do whatever we want no government should not be you know uh, uh, adopt uh, that philosophy you're doing what the people want and it what was evident in these past elections the one in August and, and November is that the legislature, Either they don't have a clue what the people want, they don't know their constituency, or they do and they don't care. They've got a philosophy of their own. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of those are dangerous scenarios, right?
0: They are. And, you know, these citizen initiatives have been, you know, slapping or at least trying to slap some sense into our politicians and you know, I, uh, I'm always in a tough position because I believe in a lot of conservative principles, but I, I'm I'm not on board with with what's going on. Can you bring us uh, current with the the status of this uh, proposed amendment? I I thought I read something a couple of months ago. Dave Yost approved the language after rejecting a couple. Are the petitions right. all signed now? Or is it?
2: Is oh it no, defi- no, 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 no! Okay. And I, I would hope your your listeners uh, would um, recognize this. Um, our, ta- our our task now is to get four hundred and over four hundred and thirteen thousand valid signatures from registered voters. They don't, it, it, their political designation does not matter. R's, D's, independence, whatever. But 413,000, in order to get 413,000, you probably have to collect 700,000 signatures, maybe 800,000 signatures. Right now, the um, there are signature gatherers, both volunteer and paid, who are out there in the cold collecting signatures. We have until July to do this. Uh, And there is a force, uh, as I said, uh, out there collecting signatures. I happened to be in a shopping little shopping plaza here in Akron. And um, I was going into a store and there were three people, three people standing out there with clipboards. And I, you know, I I got excited. I said, oh, my gosh, are these, Mm -hmm. you know, signature gatherers? And They were, you know, they were gathering for the petition and I, you know, went over to them and I realized I hadn't signed the petition yet. Nobody, nobody had presented (laughs) a petition to me Mm -hmm. and it was like, oh my God, yeah, I have to sign this. So um, I did and he started to, you know, explain it to me and I said, um, I, you know, I understand all about, you know, this constitutional amendment. Um, I said, uh, you know, thank you very much. I, You know, I deeply appreciate what you're doing. Um, it gladdens my heart. Um, I said, uh, Do you recognize the name Maureen O'Connor? And they said, Oh yeah, you know, you know, she's mm-hmm. uh, uh, involved with us, and you know, or with citizens, not politicians. I said, Well, I'm Maureen O'Connor, and <laughs> so you know, I, and I'm so grateful. And give me that petition. I'm going to sign it. The petition uh, a gatherer. Even though he knew who I was, pointed out each spot for me to sign, and made sure that it was done correctly. Okay, and and I thought to myself, well, this guy's really dedicated. He really knows what they're doing. So I, I, I you know, my hats off to uh, mm-hmm. the force that's out there. There will be more people uh, that are doing this, um, and um, uh, you know, quality people.
0: Chief, uh, I saw somewhere where you were called an activist, and I had to chuckle to myself because you're probably the most accomplished conservative woman in Ohio politics, and uh, to be an activist, I think, uh, is is probably a great, great um, compliment to you in this regard on gerrymandering, and uh, you bring the gravitas that this effort needs, and, um, and I know uh, Jack and I... Have, Appreciate your efforts. And as soon as I see one of those petitions, I'm going to run over and sign it myself.
2: Good, good, good. I hope all your listeners uh, do as well. And then then it will get on the ballot. Okay, I want people to know it will then be placed on the ballot so that they will vote on it in November. So just signing the petition isn't enough. You have to go to the polls in November. You have to uh, this will be an issue. Uh, on the the um, ballot. and I would ask that before you vote for president, before you do anything, look for this um, amendment and vote uh, yes on the amendment and then go back to consider who you're going to vote for for president <laughs> because I think that this is this is so basic. This concept of, of um, breaking up the ability to gerrymander is so uh, um, integral. To how government is run, and we need this. Uh, uh, this is this is giving democracy and choice uh, back to the people.
1: Well, it's it's foundational, and I share with Gonzo my uh, I share with Gonzo the accolade that you deserve for leading this cause. And by the way, you know, Gonzo, the definition of an activist judge. That's a judge who renders his decision that other people just don't like, right? <laughs> so anyway, th- thank you so much for being with us, Chief. It, it's a great cause. Delighted to have you. Honored to have you. So thank you.
2: Well thank you. I thank you for your interest. I thank you for uh, your continued uh preaching of the message here. Um you know to how important this is, how important it is to get out and vote. Uh and um you know our common uh, uh interest in social justice uh which you know could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. And before I sign off, I
1: I want everybody to know that when Gonzo says he is a conservative and a Republican, he's only speaking half the truth. He may be a Republican, but he's miles from being a conservative. Our thanks to WOSU and our sound engineer, Dalton Jones. If you like what you've heard today, tell a friend. We want this to be more than just us. We want it to be all of us. We'll be back in another week or so with another important social justice issue. Until then, so long.